Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Western Centric, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. I'm your host, Colton Davies, and alongside me is my co-host, Matthew Zader. Today, we're going to be talking about a handful of rookies that scored their first WHL goals, the WHL Player and Goalie of the Month and Week Awards. The Blazers won their third BC Division title, so we'll touch up a little bit on that. Ryan Getzlaff announced his retirement, so we'll talk a little bit about what his career has been like and a couple more topics. And then, of course, our interview with Regina Patch forward Tanner Howe. So we'll jump right into the Getzlaff announcing his retirement. I mean, we were just talking about this before we hit record, but I mean, not really a shock, I guess. Uh, it, just from what has been speculated over the last couple of months, I guess. But yesterday, of course, Ducks captain Ryan Getzlaff announced his retirement from the NHL at the conclusion of the 2021-2022 season. And his last home game will take place on Sunday, April 24th, when the Ducks host the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Getzlaff is 36. He's Anaheim's all-time leading scorer in the regular season and the playoffs. He also has 1,000 points, is a Stanley Cup champion, and a two-time Olympic gold medalist. I almost screwed that word up. Holy cow. Um, you get the point. I mean, the resume is just is insane, and this is a guy who's very decorated, um, and it's very, it's very sad to see him retire um he's of course one of a dying breed in that 2003 draft there's only a handful of them left so it'll be interesting to see who is on the top of it all at the end of it but you know he he's a great player he's somebody who of course had lots of ties with the whl with the calgary hitman and then you know he was part of the arguably the best junior team ever assembled in 05 so yeah yeah, well, the thing is, that, yeah, I thought I thought it was going to come last year um, before before for the offseason last year, but then he decided to come back for one more year with the Ducks and and kind of bounced back. He's, he's had a really great, you know, he's having a really good season, um, really productive, uh, playing kind of 
you know, that veteran leader to uh, the young guns, Trevor Zegris and uh, Terry and those guys. So uh, it's great that he had one more, you know, one more season and to actually, you know, put some wisdom off on those guys. And I'm sure they're grateful for it and got a lot of stuff from him being there. So, um, you know, I thought maybe he'd go another season because of how well he played uh, this year. And they thought maybe he'd do another one, but but yeah, it was a, it was probably going to come eventually. And he's, yeah, like you said, that resume is just insane. I mean, he's got, he's got so many different uh, accolades and uh, awards and stuff. And so, I mean, it, he may even be a guy that could go in the hall of fame uh, eventually. Yep. So we'll see, we'll see what, with that. I mean, not everyone gets that, but he sure has a resume that could um, potentially get him there. So, I mean, I, He's got that Stanley Cup, which just seems to be what the Hall of Fame needs. Um, although the Sedins have are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame and they haven't won a cup. So that's fair. So, I mean, I think he could definitely do that. And I think, uh, congrats to I think him. So. He's been he was a thorn in the Canucks side for so many years. So, yes, <laughs> it's good not to have to play against him anymore. But uh, but uh, yeah, he's got a great resume and uh, congrats on on a great career. Definitely a great career indeed for him. Um, we will transition to some kids starting their careers now. Um, a couple first WHL goals this past week. Um, Jonas Wu, the younger brother of Jet Wu, scored his first for the Winnipeg Ice. Jordan Gavin picked up his first goal for the Tri-City Americans. Trey Patterson recorded his first for Cal the Calgary Hitman. And then Charlie Ellick recorded his first as well for the Brandon Wheat Kings. So just a few names to keep an eye out on. Of course, Jordan Gavin is a player who uh, is a top prospect for 2024. Um, that's crazy to even just talk about and <laughs> begin to talk about. But he is a player who is, I mean, highly touted as a top prospect. But you, things change. I mean, we've seen it in the past with other drafts where a player is really talked about as a 15-year-old. And then when the draft year comes, they are completely off the radar. So that'll be interesting. But but Jonas Wu is somebody I just wanted to talk about because of the Jet Wu connection and then with the Canucks, yeah. of course. Um, you know, Jonas seems to have a bitter, or a bitter, well, that's not yeah. a word, a, a larger upside um, compared to Jet. So it'll be interesting to see how he pans out. Yeah. Um, and like we said, we went from veteran to <laughs> to rookie or young. Yeah. Quite young. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to have these guys score their first goals and it's going to be interesting to watch Trey Patterson for sure, because, uh, you know, 2024 draft is a ways down the road. And yeah. um, so, I mean, we'll see how he develops, but uh, good to get him get started. Now uh, he's going to be interesting to watch and Jonas Wu. Yeah. He's just uh, because of that connection with jet and um, how he's progressing in the AHL and, you know, eventually the NHL, hopefully, and we'll see how, how his brother does as well. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch these guys, that's for sure. I'm just excited. Like we've talked about, I think a number of these teams understand that they're not in, I mean, the Winnipeg guys are obviously in a playoff position, but it, you know, a lot of these other teams aren't, and they're starting to play these younger kids. Mm -hmm. um, Berkeley Catton, of course, has round up a few games with Spokane. It's it's just good to see. So I'm I'm excited for the future and for next year, of course, we'll get these kids will all get full seasons. So it'll be it'll be good to see. And then of course just to stay on this topic, the schedule next year is, is full bore. We're going to see Brandon come into Kamloops. We're going to see the Giants go play in Winnipeg. 
we finally get the Western Conference versus Eastern Conference back again. Um, I mean, knock on wood that things <laughs> don't change, but we, we get that back. And I'm very excited to just see the uh, competition go across the conference now. Yeah, it's going to be nice to have that back. And uh, the same thing, I'm hoping the AHL does the same thing because they've been kind of isolated. Yeah. Um, you know, the Abbotsford Canucks don't get to go out east to play those teams out there like Grand Rapids and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that the AHL does the same thing, kind of expands. Um, they gets to play some of the Eastern Conference or Eastern Conference teams uh, more. So it's good yeah. that the WHL is, hope you know, hopefully this, yeah, like you say, nothing changes. But uh, yeah, it's good to get some more, you know, competition and see some more teams. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can play. I mean, Camelot's just played, they had a little bout with Kelowna where they played, I think it was six times in huh. 10 nights or something ridiculous. It just, uh, the amount of times you play each other, you just hate each other after the second game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Just so yeah, rivals. hopefully that kind of just stays the same and we can see, see more, uh, yes. more variety. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, moving into the WHL player and goalie of the month, um, starting with, you know, a guy that's been just amazing, just with uh, Archdeep Baines as well is Ben King, his line mate. And he's, yep. he's the player of the month and insane numbers here, 23 points, six goals, 17 assists in only 11 games. And uh, he was just racking them up with Baines and they're like the dynamic duo over there. And, you know, uh, it's a big, they just become the first rep he could, well, he looks to actually become the first 50 goal scorer uh, since Kyle Wanvig connected with 55 in 2000, 2001, which was uh, about 20 odd years ago. So that's quite, a, a, quite a, a minute away. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what he's done this season, my gosh, how, how much uh, he's produced and again, undrafted free agent. Yeah. And we'll see if someone, some team steps up and signs him as well. Cause Baines already connects uh, property as we've said before. And I'm hoping that they look at King as a possibility, maybe, you know, playing Abbotsford with both, both of those guys playing down there. That'd be exciting to watch. Well, Matthew, you look at a guy like Ben King and then you look at the Vernon BC connection. Yeah. So he's already like that home province boy. And then that fits in so well with what I think the Abbotsford Canucks are trying to build. They're trying to build a homegrown team. Well, not essentially, but with the number of players that they have, they have homegrown talent and it's yeah. really good to see. And I think, you know, you look at the, you look at what him and Baines have done and that just that one, two connection that those two have, and they've been lethal all year long. I, you you got to think somebody in the Canucks scouting or analytics department is, is rooting for this guy and is really pushing for him to get a contract. Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, he's already got a connection with one of your prospects already. It, like, what? Exactly. <laughs> you, you take the leap of, I think you take the leap of faith on a kid like him. You know, he, he's a well-rounded player. He's hockey DB has him at six, three, 200. I don't know what elite prospects has him at, but that's a solid forward. Yeah. That's a kid who can, he can pack a punch. He can play that physical game in the AHL and in the NHL. And he can, he can be that big rig mentality and he can score goals. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing about it here is he's, he's that perfect goal scorer and assist maker. I just don't see why they wouldn't take a chance or any team for that matter. 
Yeah, it, it, he should be given a chance. I mean, what he's done this season is insane. So, I mean, yeah, he's probably going to hit 100 points as well. He's pretty close. So he's at 97 or something like that now. Yep, 96, and, yeah. Yeah, and Baines is over 100 already, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, he's close. That'll be good to see. Gosh, yeah. Uh, it could be 1-2 in scoring when they all the end of it there. <laughs> yep. Which is pretty insane. So, um yeah, going to the goaltender of the month, uh, no surprise here, Winnipeg Ice, uh, goaltender Daniel Hauser. And after an 11-0 and 0, uh, record in March, 1.58 goals against average, 9.23 save percentage, and four shutouts. Um, lights out numbers, my gosh. I mean, to have an 11, you know, undefeated and winning with 11 in a row, uh, set a Canadian Hockey League record. I think we've, ta- we've talked about him in the past year, so. Yeah. Set a CHL record earlier in the season for games started to begin a career without a regulation loss. Uh, 20 0 2 over his last 22 starts as well. Uh, 42 career appearances, WHL appearances. He has a 36 2 2 record, which is pretty <laughs> close to perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a record. You look at the team in front of him, too, though. I mean, like, that's just a, that, the Winnipeg Ice are just such a dominant, dominant yeah. team in the defense and just everything about them. I and mean, we talked to Zach about, we talked to Zach Benson, of course, about it. You know, you got guys like Connor McLennan who are, I can't exactly remember, but McLennan's a sixth round pick by Philly. And yes, he's out yeah. here ripping home 40 goals, 30 goals. I'm just unfathomable. Like the talent that goes up and down that lineup is insane. So it's no surprise to see somebody like Hauser who has the talents he has to just put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, you look at what Devin Levi, um, I mean, NCAA guy, but you look what Devin Levi is doing in the NCAA and he's just putting up insane numbers as well. Um, Uh Or he did put up insane numbers this season. I guess the season might be over now. Um, But yeah, back on topic to Hauser, it's just, it's incredible to see what he's been able to do. And I think that he's a guy as well. You know, we talk about goalies where it's somebody that could get, you know, that contract in the future. And, you know, I think with a goalie like him though, or when you have a player who's really, really hot on a team that is surrounded and full of talent, I think it's hard to judge whether or not that individual has a, like an upside, if you understand what I mean. Um, You have to wonder if the numbers are inflated due to the team around him, but, you know, it's been talked about that Hauser has, he obviously has the raw skills, and he is clearly a talented goaltender, and it's it's incredible to see the numbers he's put up. I mean, despite what's in front of him, he has just been so sound in that. Yeah, the, like, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the thing is with goaltenders is at this level, and you have such a great team around you, and, you know, it's hard. It's not difficult to have these numbers um, when the team's so good. But, yeah. I, the thing is that he's still stopping the puck. So <laughs> exactly. you have to do that. That's, that, um, that's kind of what I was getting at is at the so, end of the day, he still just has that raw talent and he's just really good. And I mean, you look at his, you look at his goals against, I mean, his save percentage, um, even not even over the last 11 games, you look at it at, in his whole season this year and it's just yeah. remarkable numbers. Yeah, so I mean, I think he does. Yeah, like you say, he does have the raw talent, and I'm sure a team will take a take a chance on him because I mean, every 
team needs that goaltending depth and uh, in their organization, I think, you know, it's, it's free money. If something happens, you know, if he becomes good, I mean, it's free money. It's you didn't spend anything except for money <laughs> on him. So, yeah. I mean, you take a chance on a guy like that. And if he doesn't pan out, well, you know, you're not really going to losing much on it. I mean, you didn't draft him. You're just signing him. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But for his sake, I hope he does catch on somewhere because uh, heck, heck of a season and uh, heck of a career in the WHL. So it'd be great mm-hmm. for him to actually get a chance uh, in yep. the upper level there. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, talking, staying on the topic of goaltenders, let's go a little bit on the short term and talk about uh, goaltenders of the week, which uh, Prince Albert Raiders goalie at uh, Tikon Chaika, uh, he had a pair of wins, um, goaltender of the week and for that. And then, uh, Guy we had on the podcast earlier, uh, Blazers captain Logan Stankoven, uh, WHL Player of the Week. He had nine points in only three games, and he just keeps ripping it up. I mean, this guy can't stop putting up points. <laughs> oh, God, no. I mean, he he's so close to 100 points as well. He's catching up to, to Baines and King there. Um, I think he's only three points back now. Yeah. Just a remark. I mean, just another player who's just been lights out. We've talked about him quite a few times. Uh, he's a reoccurring topic. but. You know, we in, in speaking of reoccurring topics, um, another nine points in three games. I mean, the last couple player of the weeks have just put up those types of numbers. It, we're getting down to the end of it here in the season. Um, it's really exciting to watch what some of these teams are doing and just how hard they're going, you know, trying to prepare for playoffs. Um, I'm very excited for the playoffs and to see what the Blazers can do, see if they can go on some type of dream run. Um, but Stan Coben's just been insane and it's really cool to see him start to gain a lot of fans on Twitter, um, in terms of people just rooting for his success and stars fans, understanding what type of elite talent that they have with a prospect like Stan Coben. Yeah. And he's, he's going <clears> to, <throat> he's having such a good season and it'd be good if they could go on a run in the playoffs and, you know, into the Memorial cup as well, mm-hmm. which would be great. So yeah, uh, definitely have the yeah. team to do it. I think. Well, and that's just the thing, right? Like, um, so moving on to our next topic, the Blazers won the BC title um, for a third consecutive year. And I mean, pretty crazy to begin with, but, you know, with six games left in the seasons, they have 92 points and a record of 45, 12 and 0 and trail the silver tips just by two points. Um, So it's, it's wild to see what the Blazers have been able to do this year. I'm like, you know, like we just said, I'm excited to see the playoffs because I think this is a team that is built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have the size, they have the goal scoring abilities on all four lines. I mean, Dale and Keefler's third line putting up almost 40 goals. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Um, defensemen like Matt Slingren, they have Victor Pershon on their seventh pairing. Um, they lost Marco Stasha. Unfortunately, he's out with an injury that is sidelining him for the rest of the season. But the skill is there. I'm very excited. I think that it's going to get tough. In like, It's going to be tough no matter what. I think where it gets tough for them is if they go on the dream run, I think it gets tough for them when they meet the Eastern Conference teams just because of like we talked about before, they haven't had the chance to play these guys. So you you go into these games with, um, you know, there's a lot of thoughts behind the game. You, you're not really sure what you're playing. You obviously you have the video to watch, 
Um, but I think that's where they might run into a struggle, but we'll see. I mean, this is a team that is, is quite literally built to win. And I think it was um, John Keane that posted earlier that this team has the most wins since the 92, 93 Memorial cup run. So there's some, there's some backbone there. I mean, something to look up to for the players. Yeah. uh, He's, you know, like you said, they, it's going to be hard. I think once they get get to that point, we're playing Eastern conference teams because like you said, video can only do so much. Yeah. Um, You know, you have to have that experience of playing against them and, uh, you know, knowing what to expect, but that, that happens a lot, even in the NHL, you know, you don't see the Eastern conference very often. You see them twice a year. Uh, You know, I mean, it's, it's still this, you don't have as much experience against those teams than the teams that you're playing in your division or playing in your conference all the time. So Mm -hmm. you're always at a little bit of a disadvantage, but the other team has the same is in the same boat. I mean, they haven't seen you and absolutely. Right. So it's not like they have any upper hand. Yeah, that I was kind of what I was going to mention too. Is it, it does go both ways? I mean, obviously the Eastern Conference teams, um, they haven't played any of the Western guys, so it, it does go both ways. And that's why I think um, that's just really where the test is going to be for whoever makes it. Obviously, that's just where the test is going to be is the conference finals. I think um, without saying certain team names, but I think the general consensus is, is people know in the WHL which teams are going to dominate in the playoffs through their conferences and then once we get to the finals that's where the real battle is going to really begin yeah yeah for sure it's gonna be exciting to watch (laughs) yeah absolutely um and speaking of the eastern conference um the minnesota tigers honored their legendary broadcaster bob ridley um play by play oh geez what did i just say play by play that's what i tried to say but i said it too fast Uh, so play-by-play broadcaster Bob Ridley uh, was honored Saturday at Co-op Place in a touching pregame ceremony and a banner uh, celebration to mark his 4,000-game milestone that he reached last season, but also to celebrate an incredible career that spanned more than five decades and helped create countless Tigers fans and lifetimes of memories. Um, it's pretty crazy because... Not only did we have Ridley's um, ceremony, but we had a ceremony in the NHL for a legendary broadcaster, Rick Generate, um, or Rick Generate, my bad. I mispronounced his name. Uh, <laughs> you know, five decades for both of those guys. Um, you know, obviously he was in Buffalo since 71. Bob Ridley was, has been in here since the 70s as well with Medicine Hat. But what a career for both of them. I mean, that's a lot of games, 4,000 games to call. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a pretty insane number. I mean, to, you know, getting play, you know, we, we talk about p- players playing a thousand games I and mean, this guy, this guy has 4,000, <laughs> 4,000 games of calling, uh, you know, all these different plays and the stories he can probably tell. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that have played in Medicine Hat, uh, Lanny McDonald, Trevor Linden, um, I mean, just, and most recently, Cole Sillinger, um, just like, it, crazy, the amount of players that he has talked about and just, you know, broadcasted for yeah. is unfathomable, and that's the word of the day, apparently, but, <laughs> you know, you look at what both him and um, Rick Generet have been able to do, and it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I think that's where 
they talk about how they helped create fans and yeah i was somebody that was a fan of that buffalo sabers back in the day um not a fan just i loved watching like maxima fenigenov and dan Gabriel yeah. and all of those guys back then dominic hoshik um but obviously when it comes down to the play-by-play um you know rick was just top of the line he was in just so so good and he made it feel like you were right there made the game really exciting a lot of his calls are really like iconic type like they're played all over the place and yeah. uh it, he he gets he gets you up up uh, and excited for you know usually a team you don't really care about but he gets you excited if you watch uh, exactly so it, it's or listen i mean it, this guy is it, yeah, it makes you feel like you're right there and you're even though you're just listening on a you know the audio, right? So or TV or whatever, right? So it depends. Yep. And and he's such yeah, he's such a it's it's kind of sad not he, gonna hear him anymore because uh even though I never watched the Sabres, you know, all the time, any of his highlights, you know who it is yeah. that's calling the game, which is which is pretty great. Yeah, he has that distinct voice. That's for sure. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be missed, and Bob Ridley, of course, is gonna be missed in Medicine Hat as they both are. I do believe retiring. Um, but you know, congratulations to the both of them. I mean, just legendary careers. Obviously, that word's been thrown around yeah. for both of them, um, but rightfully so. I mean, fifty years in the sport is amazing, and you know, just hats off to them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And so speaking of uh, some hats off, uh, Nolan Meyer did set the WHL record. Um, he, so he now, or sorry, he's now tied it. He's now tied the WHL record for most wins in WHL history, joining Tyson Sexsmith and Corey Hirsch with 120 career victories. That's uh, just insane. I mean, he's about to become the number one winningest goaltender in WHL history. So hats off to him. Um, I saw a touching tribute from the Saskatoon Blades goaltender coach and just said that it was, you know, he's been there for nine years. Um, I do believe he said nine years, but just that this was the most emotional day of his career. And he was so, so proud of Nolan and what he's been able to accomplish this season and over the course of his career, of course. Yeah. There's another guy that's, uh, you know, it's a great uh, record to have and, I don't think anyone's going to hit that uh, for a long time, just like it didn't hit her, Corey Hirsch's and, and yeah. for a while. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while before someone uh, approaches that again. It's just, yeah, it's what a, what a record to just have. And, you know, we talked about Tyson Smith, sex Smith, of course, as well, previously former Vancouver yeah. giant. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a crazy record and lots of records have been getting broken this year, which is really cool to see. Yeah, and it is a different a different type of year. It's a, not all the time. All these you know these records are starting to fall, and uh, the NHL too. There's a few that have been hit, yeah, uh, this year. So, um, but yep. it's bound to happen. And the well, thing is, yeah. it's going to be a while before that happens again because you know it's so hard to hit some of these uh, some of these records that have stood you know decades at some of them, right? So, yep. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see though some of these players get to that point. Uh, agreed for sure. I mean, it's always cool to see records get broken. And the one record that I hope, uh, I think everybody hopes gets broken is the goal record by Ovechkin. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. Uh, obviously, 
what transpires over the next uh, few months with the whole Russia-Ukraine situation. Um, but more, more importantly, I think it's just, you know, what Ovechkin's going to be able to do is crazy. If he, if, he can, if he can come back next year, and I say if because it's, very, it's a very touchy subject, but if he can come back next year, I think, you know, he's got the chance. And what, I think it was John, I think it was John Bucci Gross from TNT that had it laid out where he only needs like two more 50 goal seasons or a 50 goal season and like a 40 goal season and he can hit it. Yeah, that's all he really needs. And, and he's got what, he just signed a five-year contract with the state yep. capitals. So yep. <laughs> he's really got five 40. years or four <laughs> more seasons. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I'm very excited to see that. I think that's a record that everybody's kind of anticipating to be broken. And even even Gretzky himself, I think he's waiting for it. Yeah. Something that people thought wasn't going to ever be hit. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, for sure. I think a few of us will not like the goal one will fall, but I don't think his point one will ever. <laughs> no, the point one's that one's so yeah that one's just crazy but i mean people argue the whole wha as well where you could add gordy howe's wha numbers and oh yeah there, there's that but like just the the dominance that gretzky had and just and unbelievable i mean just the not even just the goals too just the assists holy yeah. cow like in, in ridiculous numbers for sure Yep. I don't think the assist one will ever get broken. No, no, that's another one that won't. <laughs> no, I think about it. I think that, that that's the one that's never going to get broken, I don't think. Yeah, I think um, so many seasons with 100 plus assists. So, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like, there's, I mean, we, you look at what defensemen are doing this year in the NHL, like guys like Roman Yossi and Kale McCarr. We, we haven't, we, I mean, we've seen defensemen put up good numbers before, guys like Carlson. Um, well, both Carlson's, Eric Carlson and John Carlson, um, Brent Burns, of course, Adam Fox. But I mean, the fact that Kale McCarr could score 30 goals as a defenseman is wild. Yeah. And Yossi could hit 90 points or something. Yeah. So, so yeah, 90, 92 points, I think, is like the projection that, that yeah, mind blowing. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to see what the game is today. And, you know, a subject that I was going to bring up at the top of this but i guess i'll just talk about it now as we kind of run down into our um interview with chris for here um but the whole jay beagle trevor zegris trey terry incident that's oh yeah something that uh I, I guess well yeah we'll just talk about it um very interesting uh that's the only words i really have to describe that um I, I don't I don't really understand what Jay Beagle was thinking. Um, I don't think he was thinking. No. But y- you don't hit somebody. Sorry. If, if you score a highlight reel goal like that, y- you don't act out. Like, y- as an opponent, you don't act out because somebody scored. And for Tyson Nash to make the comments that he they were smiling and that they were, like, being like weird about it it's just uh i just don't get it like i i don't know what what did you think about it well yeah i i echo that i mean i don't it's it is interesting and that's all you really can say um it 
yeah, he acted out because he was annoyed that they got scored on that way. But you don't do that. And like in the comments that Tyson Nash is that he deserved getting hit in the mouth, you know, you know, whatever, and getting getting hurt like that or whatever he did, he deserves that. No one deserves that. Like it, it kind of harkens back to what um, when Matheson did to Pedersen. Uh, that yep. body slam type WWE thing. Yeah. And Don Cherry says, oh, he deserved that because he, he, uh, you know, he made him look stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no one deserves that. Okay. You were, you were beat. I mean, that's just what, it's the same thing with this. They scored, you know, they made, they did a, a great move and they scored on it. Made you look silly, whatever. Like, yeah, you look, you look silly, but, but you don't act out like that. You don't hurt someone like, no. Just, and that's yeah, the thing. I, I don't Tony understand Terry... it, why that's even something you even do. So we want to see this stuff in the game. We want to see the excitement and the, you know, these trick plays. It's kind of, it's cool to see you every once in a while. Like, yep. It's fun to see. It's exciting. Yeah. But we I... don't want to see this stuff after the after the fact where a guy gets, you know, his head taken off because of of that. So yeah, no, I don't I don't agree with any of that. What happened afterwards, just yeah. <laughs> I I agree with what you said there. Like you want to see the skill. We want to see, you know, that talent on display. You shouldn't be punished for scoring a yeah. nice highlight real goal. Um, I get that. Nash and others tried to reiterate that um, that they were digging at the puck and at the, when when they made when the goalie made the save there and that they were digging at the puck during a five nothing blowout and if that's what caused the switch to go off in Jay Beagle's head then I mean I don't know what to tell you yeah. <laughs> like if he was that upset embarrassed that he and i quote what tyson nash said he like he got skilled up on uh-huh. like i you don't i don't think you should be in the nhl anymore i don't think that the game is for you to be honest i think it's it's it, beagle's not a dirty player no by any means but to just react that way it's not a good look no and he's a veteran He's a veteran too. Like he's been through it quite a bit. I'm sure. I'm sure he's been skilled up before. So yeah. exactly. <laughs> I don't know what what flip, flipped a switch this time, and he's probably gone through this before. I and don't know. <laughs> you see Troy Terry like kind of go over there and try to calm the situation down a little bit. He ends up getting his wheels beaten off, and it was not yeah. good. And, you know, at one point, Terry looked to go a little motionless and Beagle continued to feed him punches. Yeah. That's where I think the line gets drawn. I I love fighting. I I like it in hockey. Um, I think there's a a place for it, but that's non-combative fighting right there. Yeah. That's a player who did not want to fight and you chose to beat the crap out of him. I mean, we've seen it before. Um, but you let up. I mean, yeah. some of the toughest guys in hockey throughout history have talked about th- moments like this, specifically the Tom Wilson incident with Artemi Panarin. You know when to 
shut your switch off and when to walk away. Yeah. There's, yeah. You know, I just think that what he did was embarrassing to the game. Um, what Beagle did was embarrassing yeah. to the game. Obviously what Beagle did. Yeah, not what, not what Zegers did. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it's just, it's, it's just hard to, hard to watch what happened. Um, it just sucks to see it. And I think that part of what Beagle did there, he knew he was going to get away with it because mm-hmm. Anaheim didn't have Ryan Getzlaff in the lineup. They didn't have Nick Delorier anymore and they didn't have Josh Manson anymore. Um, I'm a firm believer that if either of those three were on the bench, this would not have happened. You're probably not. And, uh, you know, they, yeah, they didn't think it was going to have any consequences for it. And, uh, yeah. And the thing is, is Zegers has been in this in before, I mean, guy, mm-hmm. you know, John Tortorello saying about this and yeah. Oh, it shouldn't be in the game. If he does that, he should be like destroyed and you know, his next shift or whatever. Right. And I even heard BXA say this about, uh, well, I'll take, you know, if I happened to me, I'd take his number and uh, give him a hard check the next shift. And I'm like, well, that's, I guess that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, it shouldn't be, to, to me, it shouldn't be discouraged that no. this excitement and, you know, doing these plays, because if you always get cheap shotted or whatever afterwards, you know, these Z is going to start not doing it. So, exactly. and then we'll, we'll lose that. And uh, I should, I think he's probably one of the most exciting players in the game. He shouldn't be afraid to try those plays. So yeah, he, he is, he's one of the most exciting players to watch. And that's why the all-star game tried to show him off. And that's why the NHL is highlighting him as this player that they want to show off. And I think they should, because you look at a guy like, the, you look at the skill he has and what he can do with highlight real plays. He can create these highlight moments that, um, that even non-hockey fans will pay attention to and that, yeah. they'll, that they'll watch. And he creates these moments that end up on Sports Center and end up all over social media. He is also playing in California, which isn't the, I mean, nowadays it's a better market. It's not the biggest market, of course but it shines a lot more light on an Anaheim team. I mean, yeah. people are choosing to watch Anaheim games now. That's not something that has overly been done in the past. Um, quote me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's really good to see what he's doing. And I think the NHL needs to take the initiative here to draw the line on non-combative fighting as well as protecting their superstars. It's why is Jay Beagle on the ice with Trevor Zegers? Yeah. That shouldn't ever be a thing. Zegers shouldn't be on the ice to begin with during a five, nothing game. And in the final three minutes, I don't think that's the right call either, but I think that's where the, you know, there has to be a line drawn because whether it be the Tom Wilson incident or whether it be this incident or something else that's going to happen in the future, somebody's going to get really hurt. Yeah. And it's all because of players scaling it up. Now, I mean, Panarin obviously wasn't, it wasn't had nothing, Panarin's incident had nothing to do with him scaling it up, but the fact that Zegris now has done this twice and once got called out by a longtime NHL coach. And now the second time gets, Attacked essentially. Yeah. It's enough's enough. 
Yeah, it should, like I say, it shouldn't be discouraged. It shouldn't be something that they should be afraid to do because to get criticism. And I don't think Ziegler's going to stop. He seems like he's one of those guys. It's like, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, So, I mean, I don't think he will. But the thing is, if he gets seriously injured because of it, he may hesitate. Yes. So, and that's kind of where I, I don't, I love that. I love the Michigan goal. I think, um, like the highlight real plays of what these kids are doing is awesome. I just don't want to see somebody get hurt trying to do the play either. Like if you, you know, you can do it, you're somebody with the hand-eye coordination, like, like Z, then you can go for it. But we saw Matthew Kachuk just trying to do it over the weekend and he damn near failed. So yeah. well, he did fail, but you know, a player like him, he's six, three, 210 pounds. He's a big kid but you get a certain type of player that tries to pick that puck up. They lose it and they get absolutely crunched because they're yeah. looking down. That's an injury. Yeah. So true. Yeah. It, it's just, I love it. I think there's obviously there's the place for it in the game as well. Um, and I'm on Zegris's side. I mean, obviously I just, I think what Beagle did was disgusting. Um, I saw a couple funny comments about where, people saying where's Aaron Ashton when you need him I thought that was kind of comical but you don't want to see anybody get hurt even even you don't want to see Beagle get hurt either no Um, I do wish Nick Delorier or Ryan Getzlaff or Manson were there um, to tune him up but eh, it's just what happens I mean Tammy Solani went off on Twitter afterwards though saying that he they needed tough guys and I just kind of laughed at it because I was like you traded both your tough guys but okay (laughs) that's fair yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens there. And but like I say, I, I just hope that this doesn't discourage people, you know, players from doing this because we God need no. as much excitement in the game as we can. Because I can't yeah. wait to see Kent Johnson in the NHL because that's another kid. Who, <laughs> oh yes, I just know he's going to be pulling these types of moves off all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's very creative too. So and I guess I guess to add in there too, Zegers before he did that Michigan, he went between the legs. Yeah. Right. So he went between the legs. He realized he wasn't going to get it. So he pulled it back through and then did the Michigan. I mean, holy <laughs> cow. Talk about embarrassing your that team. Well, everyone, it's my pleasure to welcome our next guest to the show. Please welcome from the Regina Pats, Tanner Howe. Tanner, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming on the show. We're excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, the pleasure is all ours. Um, so we just like to start off with what you, um, you know, you were you a fan of like the WHL growing up? Um, who was like your favorite team? You obviously you're from Prince Albert. So were you like you were a Raiders fan? Yeah, I mean, we had season tickets all growing up my whole life. So yeah, kind of just going to the Raider games. I mean, Raiders were always my favorite team. And to see him make that WHL Cup run was was pretty yeah. cool. And yeah, my favorite player is probably Noah Gregor on the Portsmouth Raiders. Okay, yeah, for, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, was the WHL always the route you were going to take, or did you have any thoughts of going to the SJHL, NCAA type stuff like that, or was it always the WHL? Uh, yeah, it was kind of always the WHL. I mean, I didn't really think. Uh, kind of make it this young just being kind of smaller but yeah kind of just grew and kind of got the 
chance to make the team and kind of just, yeah, chose the WHL. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, being a Western guy, the WHL is a big thing that everybody likes to go and do. And yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, your, your WHL draft, though, it was quite loaded. And you yourself, you were a fourth round pick. Um, you quickly have proved to everybody why you should have been a first round selection, though. Uh, what's been like the key motivator heading into this season? Yeah, kind of just in the draft, kind of being picked late didn't really affect me a lot, but kind of just boosted me a bit in the gym and even on the ice and kind of just got me going and really wanted to prove a point that I could play in the Western Hockey at 16 and kind of, yeah, that just kind of boosted me more to prove a point. Yeah, well, you've definitely made that point, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you've been on fire this uh, this year as a rookie. Um, what's your most memorable moment uh, this season so far? I mean, uh, you've been getting a lot of points, a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, just playing with all the guys and winning. I mean, winning's the best part of hockey. So, yeah, just winning with the group of guys we have is, I mean, the best part about hockey this year. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you're playing with a guy like Connor Bedard. What, what's that been like? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy to play with him. It's He's so good. I mean, just kind of learning off him, I mean, on the ice and even off the ice, kind of what he does to get his body, red, body ready, you just kind of kind of copy him and do the same and just, yeah. It's been really awesome. Yeah, that's that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Connor Bedard's supposed to be, um, you know, he's a generational talent. He's going to be the first overall pick next year. Do you feel any added pressure with him being on the team? I mean, the, all the eyes are on Regina Pats like every every game because of him. Uh, do you feel any added pressure, or is it just just because of? Um, I mean, do you think about that at all, or? I mean, not too much to just try to go out there and play, but I mean, obviously he might feel that a bit, kind of just getting more people out of games, kind of just watching the Regina Pats and him. I mean, yeah, just a bit of pressure, but not too much. Yeah, I think it works out for everybody. More scouts come to the games. Everybody gets yeah. looked at. It it, it works out. Um, who's like the funny guy in the locker room? Like somebody that keeps it light and cracks jokes? Uh, for sure, Riker Evans. I mean, yeah, okay. he's, he's a real positive guy. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, 2024 draft, I mean, it's a couple of years away. Um, is that something you're paying attention to now? I mean, it's not uh, – it's still quite a ways. Um, are you are just worrying about your game at the moment and not thinking about that? Uh, yeah, I'm not really thinking about that too much. It's kind of a ways away, but trying to just build my game and kind of build it and just kind of get it – ready for the next level and just kind of add everything to my game that I'm missing right now. And yeah, just, just, yeah, just trying to build. Yeah, for sure. Who in the NHL would you compare yourself to, or I guess better yet, who's um, somebody you'd like to mimic out there on the ice? Uh, I kind of just try to mimic off a lot of guys like shot. I try to try to shoot like Matthews, but kind of not really. And just kind of try to play like Brad Marchand. I like how he plays. I yep. mean, he does get under guy's skin, and he's he's an amazing player as he is too. So oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a couple oh, good sweet. guys to look at. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, you've been great so far, man. Thank you so much. We'll just ask you a few more questions, and we'll let you go on with your day. Um, is you, who's your favorite music artist? Uh, probably Drake for sure. Okay, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite song? 
Can't even tell you. I'm not even sure. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, no worries. There's a lot of good ones to pick from. So yeah. Um, favorite TV show? Um, what you do outside of hockey? Yeah, it's like that. Uh, t- I usually just watch hockey. I mean, not a really big TV guy. I kind of play some video games the other night with a couple of buddies on the team, but yeah, not a big TV guy. Nice. Yeah, I know hockey is awesome. That's all I watch too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks so much, man. That that wraps up all of our questions. I think uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show and good luck in the rest of the season, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha. Take care. That's it.